Welcome to Meet the Manufacturers podcast, brought to you by Manufacture CT and sponsored by Cone Resnick, who are dedicated to helping manufacturers and distributors to enhance their competitive position and succeed in high-pressure trade environments. Visit them online at coneresnick.com. Meet the Manufacturers is available on all of the world's biggest podcast platforms, including Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, and Spotify. Never miss an episode again and subscribe today, wherever you get your podcasts from. On every episode, we take the opportunity to learn more about a local manufacturing business. Welcome along to the latest episode of Meet the Manufacturers. And I am delighted to be speaking with Mark Orletta, the Chief Operating Officer of Bauer, and Javier Melesio, who is the Technical Product Manager. Bauer is located in Bristol, Connecticut, and began as an electrical contracting firm in the early 1900s. Now, things have changed since then, and Bauer has transitioned completely over the years into the aircraft component test equipment company that they are today. I'm excited to find out more about this transition and where they're at today. So, Mark and Javier, welcome to Meet the Manufacturers. Thank you, Claire. Great to be here. It's a pleasure. Okie dokie. Let's kick things off and find out a little bit about you guys, first of all. Mark, I'm going to fire some questions at you to start with. You're the man in the hot seat. Tell me a little bit about the company and what you actually do and manufacture there. Right. So as you said, Claire, Bauer founded in 1916 as an electrical contracting firm in Hartford, Connecticut. Did that for a number of years, got into building hot water heaters, both residential and commercial. And then I think it was around the 1950s, we took on a project for Pratt & Whitney, and it was a temperature simulator that got us into the aircraft industry where we've been ever since. So uh, the short of it is we design and manufacture aircraft component test equipment. You think about any moving part on an aircraft, that's what our test equipment uh, is designed to service. And we sell to airlines, to OEMs, to the military, and to overhaul shops worldwide. Wow, not too much then. So uh, (laughs) a a global operation, I think it would be fair to say. You know, very global. We're in about 75 plus different countries. So huge international presence. It varies at any given time between uh, domestic and international work. It also varies between military and commercial work. We've been very fortunate. I'm sure you'll have some questions about the pandemic, but through the pandemic, we've had a strong military book of business that's kept us thriving through the pandemic, but we very much uh, are a worldwide company. And you're based, your headquarters are in Bristol, Connecticut. Is that right? That's right. Everything is here in Bristol. We do have both sales and service representatives located internationally. We use a network of some representatives, but we also have some full-time employees that are uh, based overseas. Okie dokie. So you are the chief operating officer. You're in the hot seat, so to speak, Mark. Tell me a little bit about how you got to this point in your career. Did you always plan on this role or how did you end up in the big seat? Yeah, it's a great question. So I graduated at the University of Connecticut with a liberal arts degree, not even an engineering degree. At the time, my family owned Bauer, still does to this day. It's been in and out of the Auletta family for 40 plus years. So I wow. kind of knew in school that I would go to work for the family business. 
But around that time, a couple of years after uh, graduating and joining Bauer, we sold the company. Our family sold to a large corporation from Illinois called Woodward Governor Company. I stayed on for a few more years and then decided to spread my wings. And I left and went into healthcare where I was uh, for the next 25 or so years. And it was only about four and a half years ago that I returned to the family business, returned to Bauer as uh, vice president of operations and now chief operating officer. Wow, what a roundabout story. And what about yourself, Javier? How did you get into this position? You have the very lofty title of technical product manager, which means you're very clever. But tell me a little bit about your career today and how you got to this role. Yeah, so that's a great question. When I was in my junior year of college, there was actually an email sent out that this company was looking for interns and I checked it out. Uh, it was Bauer and I thought it was very interesting with in terms of aerospace. I met up with a uh, college counselor at UHart to make sure my resume was up to snuff. And um, after that, I had some interviews and I became an intern at this company and it's been great since then. We're going to be asking some questions a little bit later on about how people get into manufacturing. So that's going to be a really interesting angle. So back to you, Mark. I want to know what your average day looks like. Is there such a thing as a regular day? Then tell me a little bit about your role and responsibilities at the company. The short answer is there's no such thing as an average day. <laughs> as chief operating officer, just about anything and everything uh, falls on my plate. For example, I started my day at a uh, great networking event uh, sponsored by Manufacturer CT. It was the uh, economic outlook and the chief economist from People's Bank hosted that or, or was our guest speaker down at Quinnipiac University. So I spent an hour and a half or two hours there pretty typical for me to be out uh, talking to groups like that or uh, networking in the community and, and being part of a great trade association like Manufacturer CT. But then uh, I came back and attended a safety committee meeting. I've been involved with some meetings for active projects here, status meetings. We just did a, what's called a closeout meeting, a wrap up. So when we finish a project, we like to look back on lessons learned. I just came out of that. And um, following this, I have a, a call with one of our customers and it happens to be from France. So my day is always, it varies incredibly, but one day is more fun than the next and super challenging. Brilliant. Now the next question is, do you speak French? No, I'm joking. <laughs> Vous parlez français? Je parle français un peu seulement. Ah! So we have the French visitors with us for 10 days. They're here now. And that was the extent of my French that I used. <laughs> you'll, you'll be having some intensive lessons over the next 10 days for sure. That's, that's, that was a long time ago that I took French in school. <laughs> me too. Me too. It was forced upon me, I'm afraid, as a Brit. Uh, how many employees do you have currently working for the company? Yeah, about 100. So uh, we have about 40 to 45 in engineering alone. So a huge number in engineering wow. relative to the size company, but a lot of custom engineered uh, products and solutions. And then about 30 or so in the shop and the rest in support function. Gotcha. Gotcha. Javier, tell me a little bit about the equipment or the machinery that you use within your business. And tell me a little bit about the setup there at Bauer. What do you get to play with on a daily basis? The equipment that we make is incredible in terms of uh, how we're uh, servicing aircraft components. We have rigs to basically test anything from a, a fuel pump to a main engine control on the airplane. And we have a lot of product out on the floor right now, which makes it 
incredible to go from the engineering side to the shop floor and see all the variety of uh, equipment that we have out there. So it's always fun to take a walk and, and look at the different things that we have. And in terms of the equipment that we have for manufacturing, we're stocked with things for uh, sheet metal and machining like laves and and mills and welding as well. So there's definitely a full suite of things out there in terms of uh, that sort of skill and labor. So a manufacturer's dream is there for any potential new employees, that's for sure. Yeah, I was just going to add on, Claire, that we have some great equipment here, but we're also looking to uh, upgrade some of our equipment. Maybe at some point during the conversation, we could talk about our expansion plans because we're investing in some new fabrication equipment, some new machine shop equipment as we grow the business. Sounds good to me. So we've discussed the machinery and we've discussed the equipment. Mark, tell me a little bit more about the management structure within Bauer and your employee culture, I guess. What are the values within the business? There's no better person placed to answer this question than you when you've had multiple chapters at the same company. But tell me a little bit about that structure and that employee culture. So my brother, Lou, is president and CEO of the company. He's been with Bauer his entire career, over 40 years. Michael Auletta is my nephew, it's Lou's son. He's uh, vice president of global aftermarket and customer support. And then myself as COO. We have beyond that, we have a great leadership team and we have even better employees. So our talent pool here <laughs> are both in engineering and in manufacturing is just outstanding. Highly skilled, it's a relatively flat organization, so there's a lot of input from all the employees. It's a very team-oriented environment. And your other question was around values. So we have three principal values. Integrity, know your business technically, take care of your customer. Those values came from Frank Bauer himself back in the 1950s, probably. They haven't changed ever since. And they're solid, that's for sure. So we did touch on earlier, you know, the educational side of things and bringing new people into manufacturing. Question for you first, Mark, and then on to you, Javier, if I may. But what skills or educational training do you look for in potential new recruits or interns? Are there any skills or attributes that you're looking for on people's resumes as they hit your desk? It's great to have Javier as part of this podcast, but also with the company, because it's a perfect example of our relationship with the University of Hartford. Lou is on the board of College of Engineering there. They have a new School of Engineering building, and there's a room that we donated on behalf of Bauer and the Auletta family. The relationship with the University of Hartford is special because they have a tremendous engineering program that prepares engineers for Bauer extremely well. It's a very hands-on engineering program. Javier being a mechanical engineer, we've recently hired a couple electromechanical engineers out of the University of Hartford. And because it's hands-on like that, they really hit the ground running here. And just like with Javier, he started at Bauer as an intern. So we take advantage of events at the University of Hartford like a resume boot camp where I have the opportunity to meet with students in the engineering program. I can decide who to bring on as a potential intern here. And then whether it's a year of summers with us or two years spending the summers with us, if it's a mutual fit, there's nothing better than hiring that person full time. That's amazing. So you really do get to cherry pick the absolute best that the University of Hartford has to offer. 
Yeah, absolutely. And I wouldn't say we're only interested in students from the University of Hartford. So for instance, this summer, one or two from the University of Hartford, we have one from UConn, we have another one from a school out of state. So we're looking at, you know, the entire pool of candidates. Absolutely. That's fantastic. So Javier, over to you. Tell me a little bit about how the university, I guess, prepared you for Bauer life. You know, you've come straight from school, essentially, into a global company. What skills do you think you picked up have been most valuable as you now sort of are on your working life path, if you like? Yeah, so I think the emphasis on using uh, software and understanding exactly what the real world is looking for in, in engineers, the University of Hartford program is uh, very up to date and high tech. And also the classes they have for things like uh, the business skills within engineering and using that. And that as uh, becoming an intern and applying what I've learned there over here has definitely helped you know, tremendously in terms of using that program. And I guess it must feel like not starting a new job as such, but more going back to the family and continuing your relationship, if you like, within the workplace when you got the, the gig, so to speak. Yes, you know, starting as an intern helped me tremendously full-time. It helped me to learn the system, understand what's going on, and being able to apply the engineering lessons that I have towards business and how we're taking care of our customers and things of that nature. Brilliant. Question for you, Mark, if I may. Tell me a little bit about your local community relations. You've been in the area, if you like, for over 100 years. Do you get involved with local projects? There must be things that Bauer has touched locally, other than, obviously, that room at the University of Hartford. We're uh, involved, you're right, with the University of Hartford, Tunxis Community College. We get involved with a lot of charitable type events. Um, the United Way is one that comes to mind where uh, every year we have Day of Caring and we take a team of people. It could be 10 or even 15 or 20 of our employees and put them on a, a project somewhere in the community. The last several years, we've um, taken care of the cleaned up the grounds and all the landscaping for the New England uh, Clock Museum right here in Bristol. We've done some Habitat for Humanity programs. We always have a drive of some sort, a toy drive or a food drive in our cafeteria for some local organization. So it really is important to us to stay involved with the community and give back to the community. Absolutely. And it's so nice to hear you know, of local businesses, especially really established ones like yours that are continuing to sort of give back to their, their local community in that way. So we touched on it earlier, albeit briefly, there is this thing called worldwide pandemic happening at the moment, though hopefully straggling slowly towards some kind of end, maybe. How has it affected the business? Tell me a little bit about the issues that you may have had, all the successes you may have, you know, opportunities you may have had. Uh, tell me about the supply chain. Have you seen a resurgence in you buy American and use American companies in this time? How has the pandemic affected Bauer? Yeah, supply chain is definitely an issue, you know, and it's certainly true with electronics, things coming from overseas that you might expect, but even some, some local things coming from suppliers and manufacturers in the U.S., you know, valves, regulators, things that we buy that are sometimes off the shelf and or maybe a two-week delivery turn into a 12-week delivery, right? So it has been a problem, you know, we just try to manage it and let our customers know that sometimes projects are going to be delayed and it's things uh, beyond our control. As I mentioned earlier, when we came into the pandemic, Bauer had a really strong military 
book of business, right? our contracts. And I'd like to suggest that we planned it that way, but <laughs> not, it just kind of <laughs> happened. <laughs> uh, but we are very fortunate that book of business has continued. We maybe saw uh, last year about a 15% drop in revenues uh, because of the pandemic. And of course, if, if planes aren't flying, and on the commercial side, those airlines are not buying overhaul equipment, capital equipment like this. Uh, the one other thing that really I'm, I'm so proud of and uh, just to share with you is that because we did see that 15% drop, we had excess capacity on the shop side and in manufacturing. So rather than furlough six people in manufacturing, we called on a local company and it was Arthur G. Russell, a great manufacturing company right here in Bristol. They are in the medical capital equipment business, automation equipment, but to support the, the healthcare and medical industry. And they couldn't find enough skilled labor. And we contracted these six people. We put them on site for several months over at Arthur G. Russell and kept them on our payroll, just contracted them out. They all came back to Bauer, you know, three months later, but it was really a win-win situation. Very much so. Other than coronavirus, are you tackling any new or exciting opportunities at the moment? You did speak about expansion. Tell me a little bit about that. So we are so thrilled to be putting on a 30,000 square foot addition, a building addition that will adjoin our current facility here. Wow. Um, it will more than double our current manufacturing space. We are currently leasing some space down the street for fabrication for sheet metal and weld. So we'll bring that back on site. We'll expand our machine shop and then we have a repair station. So we actually do some overhaul, some component overhaul here. And uh, our plan is to expand that repair station here as well. That is quite an addition you're adding there. And when will that be completed? In September of this year. So we broke ground this past November. We are on schedule to have the pre-engineered metal building delivered in April, and we're tracking for a September 2022 occupancy. Wow, that's fantastic. Congratulations to all. Question for you, Javier, if I may. What advice would you give somebody who is thinking about exploring a career in manufacturing, or why indeed should they even consider a career in manufacturing? Is there any particular schools or training programs other than obviously the one you attended that you would recommend any skills that young people should be picking up or people looking to return to the workforce? Yeah, so there's a lot of great programs out there for manufacturing, uh, whether it's high school or in college, things six months to a year where people can pick up the skills that help out a, a company like ours. Yeah, and just to add on to what Javier is saying, we partner with and, and look for talent at some of the colleges, technical colleges, that have advanced manufacturing programs. And kind of the buzzword out there is mechatronics, but it truly is a great fit for what we're doing here at Bauer. Uh, schools like us, Nuntuck, up in Enfield, Housatonic Valley, Punxsus has a new advanced manufacturing program, and it's a tremendous talent pool that um, we can take advantage of, and those workers can hit the ground running here at Bauer. Absolutely, and no downtime really at all. So on a more personal level, guys, can you tell me what three people or figures in your life have had some kind of impact on your career or indeed your life? I want to start with you, Mark. 
I go all the way back to uh, being so fortunate to grow up down the street from my grandparents. So I'll, I'll count them as one because <laughs> they were a unit for, uh, for so, so many years. And I'd see them almost every day and uh, ride my bike to their house. And they were just so instrumental in my grounding and, and upbringing. My dad, such a mentor and uh, leader at Bauer and just a great person. And um, to this day, when I leave Bauer, he's the first person I call every night and just to um, see how he's doing, just to check in. And, but he's always one of the first, he, he absolutely every night asks, how are things at work? How are things at Bauer? Still so interested in uh, what's happening uh, here at the company. And then the third person is my brother, is Lou. So Lou's seven years older than me. He's just been a tremendous mentor, leader. He uh, is such a, a bright individual, but he's done tremendous things to make uh, Bauer successful. And I learned something from him every single day. Oh man, a real family affair. It's great. Javier, what about yourself? Three figures, three people or figures that have had an impact on your life or your career. This is where you get to compliment the boss, by the way. So uh, <laughs> make one the boss if you want a pay rise. <laughs> yeah, so I'm actually going to start off with my parents too. They've instilled the hard work ethic into me and um, also just, you know, being able to communicate with people and and understanding and making friends and stuff like that, you know, not only working hard, but also understanding the people around you in your network. And so I thank them for that. And uh, of course, there's uh, quite a few people at, at Bauer that uh, have really made an impact, um, especially like our engineering fellow, Joel Kaczynski. And he's somebody that I underwinged very heavily as an intern and as I was starting out here full time. And he taught me and is still teaching me a lot about what our customers are doing, their real applications and how the things work from a system side and things that I wasn't too aware of in terms of like electrical and learning more about things that are out that were outside of my skill set once I graduated. So those three people, they've made a, a heavy impact in my life and in my career. Amazing, amazing. What's the one common myth, Mark, that you would like to debunk about the profession that you are in? I would say, you know, manufacturing today is not what it was 50 or 75 years ago. So it's a beautiful facility here. It's climate controlled. We're incredibly safe on the shop floor in manufacturing, and it's a great place to work. So anyone, whether it's someone who pursues engineering or one of the trades, highly, highly recommend manufacturing. It is certainly a really exciting industry to be in. And I have to be honest, I knew very little before embarking on this series of podcasts well over a year ago now, a year and a half ago. And one thing I have discovered is that not only is Connecticut has a rich history of manufacturing, but also we are real leaders as well. And the old images that you have of, of manufacturing from many moons ago do not exist anymore. It's very high tech. It's very, very state of the art in so many ways. And um, it's exciting. It's exciting to be a small part of that for sure. So I want you to get your crystal ball out for me, Mark, if you wouldn't mind. I'm looking for your predictions about the future of manufacturing in your view and about doing business in the state of Connecticut. Well, it's good timing because I, as I mentioned, I just came from that economic outlook uh, session this morning and met for the first time our new chief manufacturing officer, Paul Lavoie. 
who just took over several days ago for Colin Cooper, who um, was groundbreaking in that. He was uh, Connecticut's first chief manufacturing officer appointed by the governor. And that was just two years ago that uh, the governor appointed or made that position. It kind of sets the stage. It sets the tone. There's 4,000 manufacturers in the state. A lot of them are smaller, much smaller than us, probably average size, about 25 employees. But there's so much talent here. I'm so encouraged by the amount of uh, training now going into the local high schools, colleges, universities, the, the advanced manufacturing programs. I think it'll really bolster the talent pool that we have. And we're just surrounded by several big companies. So it's a real, uh, both in the aer aerospace industry and elsewhere in Connecticut. So it's a real draw for any manufacturing company. I think there's no better place to be as far as I'm concerned than in Connecticut. Absolutely. Up the nutmegs. Anyway, when you look back over your entire career to date, Mark, was it everything you were hoping for in terms of achievements or contributions or simply the work-life balance, I guess, of your own life and family. Yeah, even better than what I ever could have imagined or hoped for. I think one of the best things I did, Claire, was leave the company, leave the family business after five years. Yeah. Because I went out and worked for other companies, had wonderful mentors, leaders, bosses at other companies. But just I was exposed to different ways of doing things. Before I came back to Bauer as a senior uh, vice president operations position with United Healthcare. And that trained me well. You know, I think it took those 20, 25 years to pull it all together, if you will. And I don't think I would have been ready for this position had it not been for all that other experience. Absolutely. And so far on your short period of time, I guess, in the workforce, have you? Has it been everything you hoped so far? It's exciting. There's a new challenge every day and some uh, new goal to conquer. And especially with manufacturing, when we're building all these very cool and very applicable items every day, it's always exciting to see. One of the best things, just to add on to that, Javier, that I get excited about, and I know you do too, because you have such a passion for the company, in the products is that we actually see the products that you're designing here and other engineers are designing at Bauer. That's one of the really cool things about manufacturing, especially in a company our size. So you design this really complex electromechanical test stand. And then as an engineer here, you get to work with manufacturing as they're you know working through fabrication assembly. And then you know the customer comes in for checkout and you get to meet customers you know from across the world and then potentially even travel around the world to do that installation and startup but to be able to physically touch and see the end product and then even better yet to go visit a customer's facility like you and i were at delta airlines just a week ago in their overhaul shop talk to the operators who just love our equipment, the quality of our equipment and the ease of use and et cetera, the functionality, there's nothing better. I think the opportunity to travel is always going to be welcomed in any role, but I think you've chosen a good one, Javier, for what it's worth. Mark, if people want to carry on this conversation, find out a little bit more about you and your company, how can they reach out to you? Is there a website, social media, LinkedIn? What's the best method for, for carrying on the conversation? Yeah, we're on uh, LinkedIn, but our website is bowerct.com. 
and there's lots of great information. We post our job openings on there. We have several right now, both in engineering and in manufacturing. So I would encourage anyone who's interested in the company to uh, take a look at our website. Fantastic. Gentlemen, it's been an absolute pleasure speaking with you today. Javier and Mark, thank you for your time. I really look forward to hearing about your addition, 30,000 square feet edition, that's some edition. And uh, I really wish you well in the future with the opening of that in September. Thanks, Claire. We'll have you over for the ribbon cutting ceremony. I would love that. As long as there's food and drink, I'm there. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Thanks so much. Thank you for taking the time to listen to this episode of Meet the Manufacturers, brought to you by Manufacture CT. If you would like to find out more about Manufacture CT, or you would like to join the organization, visit the website manufacturect.org. This podcast is sponsored by Cone Resnick, Advisory, Assurance, Tax. Visit their website, coneresnick.com. If you have enjoyed listening to this episode and want to find out more about the vibrant and thriving manufacturing community in Connecticut, subscribe to and share this podcast today. Meet the Manufacturers is available on all podcast platforms, including Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music and Spotify.